When Thomas Edison was developing the first light bulb in January of 1879, it took a full team of men 24 hours of meticulous labor to put together one light bulb. And that was after 10,000 prototypes. 24 hours, full team. It's a huge, huge feat of engineering at the time. Well, after finishing the first one, Edison needed to test it. And so he gave it to this young man who worked in his shop, and he asked him to take it downstairs to their testing room. But on the way, the, the boy lost his balance and he dropped it. And it shattered. Hundreds of hours of labor lost in a second. Unsurprisingly, some of the men that, that were working with Thomas Edison were upset. They were frustrated. But they got back to work because they knew that, the, that this invention was revolutionary. They knew that it was going to change the world. And so they went back to, to putting another one together. And the story goes that when they got done, to the horror of his team, Edison called that young man, and smiled at him, handed him the new light bulb, and asked him to take it downstairs to the testing room. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. Not Thomas Edison, but forgiveness. Forgiving other people, forgiving ourselves. And you know what? I'm really, really glad that we're talking about this because one of the things that we try and do as pastors, uh, sometimes well, sometimes not as well, is we try our best to evaluate our communities. What is it that's happening in the world? What is it that's happening in our community? What do people need to hear? Uh, and, and, and we try and figure out what to preach about. And I've been feeling this Holy Spirit nudge lately to talk about forgiveness. I've been feeling like that's something we just really need to focus on. And maybe it's because it's an election year. That's totally possible. Uh, maybe it's because tensions in our community and even around our tables may rise over the next several months. Uh, but I also feel like I've been hearing from a lot of folks lately that they're struggling with forgiveness that they're struggling to, to forgive somebody in their life, that they're struggling to forgive themselves. This is something that I feel like just keeps coming up in my ministry. And so I want to talk about it because Jesus cared a lot about forgiveness. In fact, in the Gospels, Jesus teaches the disciples to pray. And in teaching them, he teaches them to pray for the ability to learn to forgive. You remember in Matthew 6, he's He's talking to the disciples. He's kind of guiding them through how to pray. And one of the first things he says is pray privately. He doesn't want them to go into the synagogues and be all flashy and, and, and show off how much they know, how holy they are. He explains that to him, and then he takes it a step further. And he says, you know what? When you pray, pray like this. And he teaches them the prayer of all prayers. It's a prayer we've already prayed tonight. It's one that many of us know by heart. And so let's take a look at it now. This is Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer. This is Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. This is what Jesus says. He says, pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, 
your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So let's zoom in on this. Jesus says, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive, your heavenly Father will also forgive. Like I said, Jesus cared a lot about forgiveness. And that makes sense. The one who forgave our sins wanted us to learn how to forgive the sins of others. And so he gave us this prayer. He gave us these beautiful words that we here in Saturday night pray together every single week. Every Saturday, we recite the Lord's Prayer and we pray to be a people who will forgive. But as I was thinking about it this week, I wondered if those words really hit us every week. We pray them every week, but do we really hear them every week? Or, or, or do we just, have we gotten so accustomed to them that we don't, they don't sink in? I know I am guilty of that. And so my goal for us tonight is, is to remember why. Why we pray those words, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And one big reason that Jesus asked us to pray those words is because he knew that resentment and unforgiveness is a danger to our souls. You may have heard the old quote, uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It's a great quote because it's true. So often the real victims of our anger and our hatred and our unforgiveness is not the people that we're mad at. It's us. We hold on to things. We drink the poison. And sometimes when we do that, we find that we become someone we don't want to be. There's a great story about Abraham Lincoln. He was speaking with a woman at the end of the Civil War, and she was really upset with the president because she viewed his attitude toward the South as far too gracious, far too conciliatory. Uh, and she wanted the war to continue. She wanted them to keep marching. And so she approached President Lincoln at this rally, and she ran up to him, and she said, Mr. President, what are you doing? We need to destroy our enemies completely. And President Lincoln responded, Ma'am, do you not destroy your enemies when you make them your friends? It's a brilliant response. But it begs the question, how often are we that woman? Angry and bitter and frustrated and unforgiving. Let's be honest, we've probably all had a moment where we didn't want the person who wronged us to get away unscathed. Absolutely not. We didn't want them to just walk away. We wanted to destroy our enemies completely. And yet Jesus tells us to pray this prayer consistently. Father, forgive us our trespasses and help us to forgive the trespasses of others. Jesus tells us to destroy our enemies by making them our friends. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I am not suggesting at all that this is an easy thing to do because you know what? It isn't. Not at all. And just so I make myself clear, in some cases, the person we need to forgive may not end up being our friend in the traditional sense. Every time I've ever talked about forgiveness, I always try and give that caveat. Uh, because I don't ever want to have 
anyone hear me say that you should go back to an abusive situation or that you should let someone continue to harm you, you shouldn't. What I'm saying is that as followers of Jesus Christ, we shouldn't drink the poison. We shouldn't wish for, for the destruction of others. We should pray for the redemption of others. We should consistently pray this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that asks for God's forgiveness and then asks God to help us forgive. Look, there is, there is something powerful that happens when we pray that regularly and mean it. But here's the thing about forgiveness. It doesn't always happen overnight. You know, I think sometimes we think that forgiveness is this like singular choice. That forgiving is this single moment when we think in our heads, okay, I'm over it. I forgive them, I'm good, I let it go. And I hope that it is for you. Maybe sometimes that's true. But I think more often than not, it's a process. It takes time. Healing doesn't happen overnight. And that's why Jesus gave us this prayer. He gave us these words that, that we can say regularly that call us back to a heart of grace and mercy and forgiveness. Because when we go back to that place over and over, it can change us, it can heal us. There's something powerful about that, that consistency. I read a great story this week uh, by a guy named Mauricio Estrella. Uh, one day a few years ago, Mauricio walked into his office and he was greeted with a message that so many of us have seen in our lives. It is a message that I despise. His computer said, your password has expired. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but that drives me insane. <laughs> I can never remember what I changed it to the last time. And I always wonder who would even want to hack into my email. Because to be honest, I do not live an interesting enough life to make that worthwhile. Uh, but anyway, Mauricio had to change his password every 30 days at his job. It's something that he had done countless times. But this time he had an idea. He decided that he was going uh, to try and change his life with his work computer password. See, Mauricio had, had, gone, had just gone through a really bitter divorce, and he was struggling with anger and hatred and depression. And so that day, instead of making his password, password123, like I've done many times, so if you want to get into my work email, no, that's not my password. It's not my password, KJ, don't worry. Uh, but instead of making his password something like that, he made his password forgive her. In the article, that I read, he said that each time he would come back from a break or lunch or walk away from his computer for 10 minutes, he had to come back and he had to type, forgive her. And slowly but surely it started to sink in. It became this mantra for him for 30 days. This is what he, he wrote in the article about this strange little practice. He said, my password reminded me that I shouldn't let myself be a victim of my recent breakup and that I'm strong enough to do something about it. The constant reminder that I should forgive her led me to accept the way that things happened at the end of my marriage and embrace a new way of dealing with the depression that I was drowning in. See, I think whether he knew it or not, Mauricio was living out 
in a way, Jesus' instruction to us in this text. For a month, he was praying this little prayer several times a day, over and over, having these little moments when he reminded himself to forgive her. And that's what Jesus calls us to do as well. That's why he taught us this prayer, because he wanted us to come back to it regularly, to use it to reset our hearts. Jesus knew that forgiveness is a process. It's not something that that always happens in an instant. It's something that, honestly, we've got to work at. And so he gave us the Lord's Prayer as a means of doing that, one way to do that. But look, however we do it, whether we use the Lord's Prayer, whether we use those words in our prayer life, or whether you use different words to talk to God, we need to know that there is something powerful that happens when we regularly ask him to help us let go and forgive. There is a a freedom in that, a powerful freedom. It's like the theologian Lewis Smedes would say, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that the prisoner was you. Uh, I want to show you what I think is a beautiful example of someone using forgiveness to set themselves and somebody else free. Uh, I've been talking about him kind of a lot lately. But DeMarcus Ware is one of the greatest Dallas Cowboys of all time. He holds the franchise record for most sacks with 117 in only nine seasons. Uh, But what really makes him exceptional is his story, his backstory. He grew up in Auburn, Alabama. He grew up uh, with a single mother, grew up very poor. Uh, And he, he tells a story about growing up on food stamps. And the only reason that he even tried football in the first place was because Bo Jackson came and spoke to his seventh grade class and said that college football players got free food. So DeMarcus Ware was like, I'm big. That sounds like a great idea. Uh, but DeMarcus Ware, if you don't know, he uh, went on to make something amazing of himself. Not only was he inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame last year in 2023, he's also known, really, really known for being a man of, of deep, deep character, man of deep faith. And that was extremely evident in his Hall of, uh, Hall of Fame speech. And so I just want us to watch just a short clip of how he used this, this huge moment in his life, his Hall of Fame induction, as the world watched him. I, I want you to see how he used it. Let's watch. This might sound crazy, but the NFL taught me how to forgive. First, I forgave myself, and then I forgave my dad. Dad. All the times I didn't understand why you weren't there. It doesn't matter. You're here now. I've learned that guilt rots in a person and forgiveness heals. How can I expect God to forgive me if I don't forgive you? You once said two simple words to me. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I responded, but I'm telling you now on the biggest platform of my life, I forgive you. Okay, I love that video. And the the whole speech is great, honestly, but I love that he used that moment, this moment when, when the world was watching, and he used it to bring healing to a man who had abandoned him. He got up in front of the world and he said, I forgive you. 
That, that is a powerful thing to do. And you know what? Honestly, y'all, that, that's the gospel. We forgive because we've been forgiven. See, when we forgive, there's something holy that happens in those moments. And in the same way, in holy moments, we remember we're forgiven. We sing it all the time. And we remember we're guilty too. We've made mistakes. We've fallen short. And yet Jesus came and he took our place and he stood on a platform in front of the entire world. And he said, I forgive you. Here in just a minute, we're going to share in the bread and we're going to share in the cup. We're going to receive communion. And as we do, um, we're going to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for each one of us, uh, that, that we would be forgiven and also that we would learn to forgive. But I also want to ask us to do something a little bit different tonight. I want you to think of a place in your life where you need to offer forgiveness. Probably you've already been thinking about it this whole sermon. <laughs> But I want you to think about it. I want you to think about that situation. I want you to think about this person. Maybe it's someone at work. Maybe it's a friend you've gotten disconnected from. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe it is something entirely different that I would never guess. Whatever it is, whoever it is, I want you to think about that person or that thing. And as you come forward to the table here in just a minute, I want you to ask God to help you forgive. And we know this, this is not necessarily going to happen in an instant. But if you need to, start the process. As you receive this symbol of Jesus forgiving our debts, our trespasses, let's try tonight to do the same. Let's forgive her. Let's hand them a second light bulb. Let's destroy our enemy by making them our friend. Because you know what? It, it is 100% true what DeMarcus Ware said in that clip. Guilt rots in a person. But forgiveness heals. Unforgiveness is a poison to our souls. But we have been given a way to fight back. Jesus gave us this beautiful prayer so that the enemies of resentment and hate and anger and unforgiveness will not have the final word in our lives. Jesus gave us this prayer so that we would be blameless and so that we would learn to blame less and forgive more. And so with that in mind, as we close up tonight, how else do I end this sermon except for us to pray the Lord's Prayer one more time? So will you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we confess that too often we have held on to, to hate and anger. Lord, we confess that we have let resentment build up layer by layer. Lord, tonight I pray that you would 
would thaw our hearts if they're frozen. God, lead us to the places where we need to offer forgiveness. And God, guide us in how we even do it because that's difficult too. Lord, may your Holy Spirit lead us to those situations. May it give us the words. Lord, we don't want to be a people who drink poison. We want to be a people who heal. And so, God, I, I pray that we would continue to use this prayer. I pray that we would continue to use prayer in general to work on ourselves, to more and more every day become a people who can forgive. We pray all of this in the name of our rock, our redeemer, and the one who forgave us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.